What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno to you as well. I'm just now realizing that this is maybe the first day in a long time that I'm wearing my contacts instead of my glasses when we record. You know, that's true. I think you're right. I was sitting here like looking at myself and I was like, why do I look weird? (laughs) Because when we record in the mornings, I'm always wearing my glasses because I haven't put on my contacts yet. But today it's an afternoon recording. So getting those contacts. There we go. Well, Team Chat Podcast is a weekly video game show, like I said, where new episodes come out on Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Sigil time across the World Wide Web, and you can listen to those on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that in the description below. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can join our Discord server if you want to talk about some games and other fun topics with us throughout the week when we're not on here recording the show. And finally, if you'd love to help make the show bigger and better, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, whereas for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episode early before their general Tuesday release and access to a private patrons only channel on our discord server. I still want to confuse those two and say a discord only channel on our patron server, but no, it's a patron only channel on our discord server, the rogues gallery. But if you can't do that, no big deal at all. We totally understand and would still love and appreciate your support in other ways, such as telling your friends, writing us fun reviews, and you know, just basically getting the good word of team chat podcast out there to the masses. So to all of our listeners and patrons like, we love you, and thank you for being here with us. Heart emojis. Boom. Heart I just, emoji. I just love that that's become part of our spiel. I love it. It's a fun little added little bonus. It's a good time all the way around. But before we get into today's topic, let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon in our moment with Mogan. Yeah, so we've got quite a few games coming out this week. Um, all of the following come out on October 13th. G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. A game I know nothing about and have no desire to learn about. Uh, but that's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. So is Red Wings Aces of the Sky for Xbox One. Second Extinction is coming out for PC only. And Torchlight 3, which uh, someone someone I know is really excited about this. Walrus. You don't know him, but in my other <laughs> Discord server, Wal was, Wal, Walrus was really excited about Torchlight 3, and that's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. On October 15th, we have quite a few games coming out. Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition is coming nice. out for PC. Cloudpunk is coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Cloudpunk is one of the few games that I'm vaguely interested in this week most of these others are not really my cup of tea uh for example monster truck championship you're not excited about that one come on (laughs) incredibly no but it is coming out for ps4 xbox one and pc raji an ancient epic so it of course premiered uh maybe about a month or two ago uh, yeah. for the Nintendo Switch as part of like an indie direct, but it is now also coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Space Crew, which part of me is like, maybe it's just a parody or offshoot of Among Us, but it's such a banal title. I don't know what to think of such a game, but Space Crew is coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Tears of Avia, or Avia, unknown, uh, is also coming out for Xbox One and PC. And then rounding out the end of the week, we have two 
heavy hitters. Mario Kart Live Home Circuit for the Switch, which does look like a pretty that looks like fun an amazing fun time. Yeah, it looks fun, so I'll I'll give it that. And then NHL 21 for PS4 and Xbox One. Don't buy sports games. Don't do it. Although sports. maybe hockey isn't that bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, like I saw IGN gave the Switch port for uh, FIFA. Uh, FIFA 21 a two because it's just it's so it's so just like a bland copy paste. Did you see the article? Um, I'm not sure if it was the same article or a different one. I feel like it was either IGN or GameSpot where they had an article title that was uh, FIFA has continued to just copy and paste the same game onto the Switch from the previous year. So we've just copy and pasted our same oh, review yeah, 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 yeah. score. That's, yeah. that's what I was talking about. I was yeah. like, that's it's, a wonderfully sick burn. Man, it's just <laughs> because like, it, it is, it's just copy pasted material. It's yeah. not new. Don't buy sports games. I feel like those games actually get like a, a actual upgrade in terms of like what they offer and differences like maybe every four five years maybe five you years. know i would say with each new console maybe yeah. i have no high hopes that things are going to be any better in ps5 and xbox one s series x just those Whatever. graphics you're going to see that sweat a whole lot clearer that's what you're getting that's the upgrade you're getting there First of all, gross. Second of all, <laughs> graphics are... <laughs> Isn't that what you want to see when you play a sports game? Is you want to see the blood, sweat, and tears of your players accurately just dis- dis- portrayed on the screen? Yes, please. It's, it's really not. <laughs> and if you need any, like, proof that graphics aren't why people play games anymore, just look at Stardew Valley. Look at yeah, Paradise Killer. It's not what we're out here being about these days. Nope. <laughs> Give it a rest. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's definitely not it at all. But... In uh, some fun news that I saw, to, or the, this is the first time, not, it's it's fun because it's really cool, but this is the first time I've actually seen, speaking of next gen and things like that coming through, I'm start, now that people are starting to get their hands on Xbox Series X and different stuff like that, they're starting to show videos and you're being able to see like actual like demonstrations of some of the features that are going to be coming to the new consoles. One of which I just saw today displayed off uh, but from Lamar Wilson on Twitter. He showed off a video of the quick resume feature of the Xbox Series X and my god, I was pretty impressed cuz from what what I thought it was, it was going to be something similar to you know like how the PS4 now you can put it in rest mode and when it starts back up your game's still loaded up and you're just right there where it was. So that's yeah. what I had kind of in my head. Oh, that's what this is. Uh-uh. I'll contrary myself to myself is what I said after seeing this video because you can literally switch in between two games that are open and switch to where you were last playing them just by going to the main hub and hitting the, the and hitting the uh, that application and starting it up. It'll show like the screen the like the main logo splash screen for the game that you're starting but then like it'll just roll right into where you were. It is insane how quick he switched between playing borderlands three and another game i'm kidding i forgot which one it is now oh minecraft dungeons and he switched and was playing in between the two just like seamlessly switching and it will only take a matter of seconds to switch in between each game and he was just back in didn't have to select his save for for the previous thing and i was just like holy shit that's that's incredible that That is actually incredible yeah Uh, is it is it for like a maximum of two games i'm I'm sure there has to be some kind of limit on it i'm assuming yes it is two games at this point is what that from just for him from his video but yeah from i grossly underappreciated what this feature was and so that's that's incredible (laughs) yeah it's pretty sweet so that i i saw that and was just like man that's awesome 
It, Dude, it, if I had that feature when I'm trying to play Hollow Knight's Path of Pain, mm-hmm. that would solve all of my problems. Exactly. You can literally <laughs> switch and be playing another game and, yeah, and Hollow Knight incredible. is still open in the background. It's cool uh, stuff. I, yeah, I that's that's actually a really nice feature. Yeah. I had no idea that it was going to have that capability. Is that for both the Series X and S? I would think. I would think. I would. We would think. I would we think. don't quote us on that. He was doing it on a, on a Series X, so that's what that's what I know for sure that you can at least do okay. it there. Uh, the other little quick thing is that I literally just saw. I was in my because you had messaged me about potentially doing Among Us sometime soon, and so I was mess, looking on Steam trying to get that. And guess what? My eyes saw in that on that uh, storefront that there's a demo out now for a new Stronghold game. Uh, oh, wow, stronghold! <laughs> it's like stronghold warlords, and you're gonna. It's gonna be taking place in like in in East Asia and everything like that. So it's a wow. different setting completely. So you're gonna have like you know Genghis Khan. I said you could see you could be in other stuff like that, but still, and it doesn't come out until January 2021. But it has a demo out now, so you better be damn sure that I downloaded that to be able to try that out. Because hell yeah, new stronghold. I'm all about that stuff. Malor How long Jared. has it been? Oh, a long time since the uh, since the Stronghold game came out. Very long time. Because oh, I want to say, I don't honestly know off the top of my head, but it's been close to ten years, maybe seven ish years. So yeah, it's well, a, it's been a long time. So I saw that those two things happened to me today, and I was just like, my god, video games are amazing and wonderful, and I love them so much. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Heck yeah, we finally get Milord Jarrett's return. Well return, which I, I will say too. I know I've been streaming a little bit more lately. I'm trying. I I do want to do Stronghold and actually play that. I know that's been one of the things I've talked about for forever, but like I, I want to do it so so much soon. Very, we very just got to go get you that Burger King crown, make mm-hmm, you a little mm-hmm, cape, mm-hmm. and you'll yep. be good to go. I'm loving it. I love where this is heading. We can dress up Fender and Birdie as your serfs. <gasps> they can just be little peasants. How that would be would amazing. That, be? that would be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, like we mentioned in we mentioned this game in our moment with Mogan as coming out this week for the PS4, Xbox One and PC. And that is Raji and Ancient Epic, which we have now both played through the game. We played it on the Switch because that's what we had it for when it was first released. And I did my first impressions on it back when Mogan did her first impressions of Spiritfarer. But now we're both played the game and are here to deliver our final review to celebrate it being released onto more platforms so uh raji and ancient Etch- raji and ancient epic was developed by nodding head games published by super.com or super.com limited and was designed by abishal singh and the basic synopsis of this game is that you play as raji a young circus performer whose brother is captured during a demonic invasion of their lands and so raji then sets out on this epic quest to retrieve her brother and save not only her brother and her pe- but also her people from mahabalasura and his demonic forces. So this game was, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm just going to say, go ahead and just say, I had a lot of things that I enjoyed about it. It was uh, very fun also to not only play in this isometric 3D platform, uh, isometric platformer that we played in, but also just the setting for it was so new, the background of it. And obviously it even had some, I mean, an actually had some educational value to it as well as just being able to learn a lot more about this area and history that I am not very familiar of. So I think it had a lot of selling points for it. 
Absolutely. Um, and so that really the setting is why I think both of us, or at least certainly I, was immediately drawn to this game. Oh, no, me too. Out of the Indie Direct. Uh, it, is, it just looked so beautiful. It's a setting that we really don't get any Mm-mm. of. I mean, not, not in like a mainstream way uh, over here in the West. And I mean, I feel like maybe the gaming scene in India is maybe not just not as prevalent as it is in um, in the US or in Western Europe or, you know, China or Japan. So which is baffling because they have so many people, so many potential video game players. So I feel like this might be the start of a curve, the start of a new trend towards seeing more video game developers and more indie studios coming out of this area of the world, which I would be really excited about. Uh, well, because not, yeah, was, not only does it focus on that, it was developed in India as well. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of which, when I was doing some research just kind of about Raji and about its development and its history, first of all, I didn't realize until I started looking into it that Raji was actually a Kickstarter funded game. Uh, I had no idea oh, yeah, yeah, until yeah. I found I found this in an article from 2007. This article is three years old now. And it was wait, 2007 post- or 2017? 2017. I was like, wow, this game's been <laughs> in development for a really <laughs> long time. No, <laughs> that was my bad. So uh, this is from, I think, an interview or a blog post that appears to have been posted on RajiTheGame.com. Uh, so they did an interview with the developers back in 2017, and that's where I learned that it was a Kickstarter-funded game. And I got some interesting background on kind of how the developers got the idea for it in the first place. Uh, this is a quote from, I believe, Avishal Singh. Uh, he says... On New Year's Eve of 2013, I was in Jaisalmer, Rajasthan, visiting its many forts, uh, Avishal begins. Uh, on being asked how the idea behind the game came to be, he says, I was completely enchanted by the architecture of the forts, and I started to think it would be a fantastic idea to have a game in this setting. And I just thought that that was really fitting because one of the very first locations that you go to in the game, uh, and this is going to be a fairly spoiler filled uh, review of the game, but right. We'll try to keep it. We'll try to keep it uh, vague and free of those for a little bit while we talk about some of the mechanics, stories, things like that. But then once we get to our deep dive and like discussing the endings and stuff like that, we'll let you all know before the spoilers really start. It's also not like, you know, a murder mystery game. There's not like big wild (laughs) secrets that we're going to be unveiling. here. So it's not exactly a, you know, the story is integral to the game, but it's not necessarily a purely story driven game. Right. You can understand the story in advance and still enjoy the game, Mm -hmm. you know, without having no prior knowledge of it. Uh, So one of the very first locations that you go to as Raji is... Name a fort I cannot remember and did not write down, but it's like the the first or second area that you go to where you discover that um, quite a few uh, guards have tragically been just slaughtered en masse by, uh, tell me his name again, Mahabalasura? Mahabalasura, got it. I got, okay, I, I didn't write any of this shit down. So I did, because I knew I would need it for, I would need it for, uh, it out I would definitely need it for, for reference, yeah. Yeah, I really should have done that. Uh, but she comes across this fort that has just been gutted by Mahabalasura and his forces. And it's, you know, both a test of her spiritual strength and her physical strength. Mm-hmm. And I think that the architecture of that initial fort gives a fantastic idea of where the game is going in terms of it being a 
kind of sandstone, golden, sun-washed, you know, very earthy reds and amber tones. Mm -hmm. uh, just this beautiful location with howling winds and appears to be like high in the mountains, I would say, uh, because the viewpoint of the game is, as uh, Jarrett said, like the isometric top-down kind of bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually fairly small is what your viewpoint is of Raji, except in rare instances where the game kind of zooms in because you're in a smaller area. But for example, if you're up on the parapets of the fort and you're running from place to place and you're fairly you know, alone, there aren't necessarily that many monsters there and you've got a lot of room to roam, you get a pretty broad, wide out view and it just gives you these really nice vistas, mm -hmm. I would say. I oh, spent yeah. a lot of, of time in the game. game. I spent a lot of time just kind of just enjoying the setting, just looking around and being like, ah, oh, beautiful sunset today. Yep. <laughs> I did a lot what of that. What am I doing again? Oh, yeah. I, gotta go. I don't remember what I'm doing here. I'm just having fun looking at these, this beautiful environment. So visually speaking, the game is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, who is it that was the level designer, game designer, blah, blah, blah. Game artists, that's what I was going for. So Avishal is the main game designer and developer, but the fellow founders, Shruti Ghosh and Ian Maud are two of the game's primary game artists. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they, you know, them and everybody else on the team deserves major kudos for creating a just gorgeous product. It is oh, yeah. a beautiful, very visually appealing game. So other than the the outstanding art and look of the game, what did you how did you feel about the uh, the cutscenes, how they handled cutscenes, which were these like 2D animated uh, more like like what I said in my first impression of being almost like a, 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 a shadow puppet marionette style is yes, like silhouette. I'm kind of being yeah, confusing, so I think it helps. But basically, it's like pup, puppet puppeted. Uh, puppeteering. Puppeteering. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll get that. Yeah, uh, I thought that that was Awesome. Um, I thought what a wonderful style to use in a way to do cutscenes that is very bold, very graphic, gets the point across, and maybe does have a little bit more of that cultural link because mm -hmm. um, I feel like at least in terms of the design of the game, those super bold geometric patterns, uh, you know, at least evoke images of India and kind of that ancient history look. So I thought that, that was really well done. I also really liked the in-game story link because Raji's younger brother, Golu, mm -hmm. uh, it, it gives you some background right in the very first cutscene of the game where they're setting everything up that uh, as circus performers, Raji is an acrobat. So she does the tightrope, um, like balancing on the tightrope and doing acrobatic tricks and all that. Her younger brother, Golu, though, who is like a really young kid, he's probably seven or eight mm -hmm. in this game, I would guess. And Raji looks like she might be a young teenager. Uh, Golu, as part of his circus act, does puppeteering. He does puppet shows for people. So I like that they kind of tied that in. Oh, see, like, I totally Golu. missed that. I totally missed that. So that makes it way more sense. First thing that I thought of, I was like, yeah, of course it would be puppeteering because Golu's a puppeteer. So okay, I thought that, makes that, way that more was sense. just a really okay. nice touch. That is uh, a great touch. The other way that they do cutscenes is in game, like while you're playing cutscenes, where you will come across these massive, beautiful murals mm -hmm. that are just interspersed, interspersed throughout the different environments that you go to. And just like in real life, they depict uh, primarily religious events, um, you know, kind of like birth of the gods, creation stories, uh, you know, major conflicts between the gods and demons or, you know, 
interactions between gods and mortals. Mm -hmm. And the murals were done in a fairly traditional style. They really did look like painted murals on a wall that you could find anywhere. Uh, But of course, everything in Raji is new per se, because it is ancient times. So, you know, they've got their bright, vibrant colors. Everything is gorgeous to look at. Uh, And whenever you come across one of these murals, you can kind of stand in front of them and interact with them, sort of, because your two narrators, the gods who are following Raji and who have more or less chosen her uh, to be their champion among humanity, to go and save the the youths, save the kids, uh, and, you know, save humanity by and large, Uh, that would be Durga and Vishnu. Mm -hmm. And I loved their interplay between each other. I thought that their voice actors were both incredible. I, I think that their lines were extremely relatable which is funny because they're gods but they're the ones that kind of tell they tell you they kind of talk over raji and explain oh here she's come across this mural it depicts blah 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 and they'll tell you the background of all of the murals which is like you said part of that historical and cultural learning that i think is really important um for us especially you know being Mm -hmm resident white people (laughs) we can can always deal with more learning and more understanding well that's one of the things that made me really love this game is because how well that was blended into the gameplay because it would be a extended period of time where you would just be playing the game and going through the levels beating up demons and whatnot but then there would be a the when they would get to a part where like okay you're going to learn more about these deities it would it would be a a not like lengthy, but like a substantial give amount of time would be given to being able to go to each one of these murals and follow this story along as you're going throughout these areas. And so I just thought like how it was a, you could have skipped it if you wanted to, like, especially if it's your second playthrough or whatever, you can just go by those. They're not required to be able to advance the story, but still for players like me and you, I thought that was an incredible touch to have into this game, to have these insights and to have this area, to learn more of the history, to learn more of the, uh, drivers behind like why this is such a big thing that Mahabalasura is back and why they have to uh they've entrusted Raji with this with this quest and why they why Durga thought that she was the best one to be able to handle this quest and stuff like that and I love too that even in their narrations and conversations back to each other like Vishnu is questioning is Raji strong enough for this and like did you make a good choice and and, you know and Durga is going back and forth being like no 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 like she is strong enough she may not know it yet but we'll see like we'll see that and pray that she's up to this task but I just thought that it, it put a lot of context behind everything in a game that that while i don't necessarily think it would have suffered for not having that i think having it made it stronger for sure Uh, i i totally agree and you know you do mention that you can technically pass by the murals but they don't just give you background from history and from indian culture this it's baked right into the game so if you want to understand the game's point the game story you know what what is the current conflict that's happening it behooves you to you know go along with the murals and actually try to understand what's happening here because that's where you learn exactly like you said how Durga is actually the one who defeated Mahabalasura like a bazillion million they don't specify the number of years but a long ass time ago that's all you need to know Uh, and in one of those initial murals uh, this is just you know it was a learning point for me because this was something that uh, even the term I didn't really understand what it was at the time they come to the mural depicting where Mahabalasura broke into heaven like just straight up busted in and started basically kicking out like the residents of heaven mm-hmm. which is the 
And I do apologize if I have not learned this correctly or if I get anything wrong, but um, they mentioned the Devas, yes. D-E-V-A. And I was like, what in the, what's a Deva? Mm-hmm. So I had to go and look it up because I was like, well, now I really want to know. I want to know what the Devas are. So as I understand it, the devas, uh, like the word deva means heavenly, divine, or according to Wikipedia, anything of excellence. I'm going to hope that that's right. Okay. And is also one of the terms for a deity in Hinduism. So the term deva really does just mean the gods, okay. you know, these these divine creatures that are in heaven. You know, I'm not sure if they would necessarily call them gods, but that's the gist that I'm getting. Whereas the asuras are more like the polar opposite. They're the evil ones uh i i guess is is kind of how i understand it that is of course a very surface level understanding because as i said this has inspired me to try and learn more mm-hmm. so i think that that's probably the main reason that i did enjoy raji an ancient epic is because it motivated me and it really inspired me to be like man now i really want to learn more about this because the same thing happens when you play games like uh Oh, I'm totally going to blank on the name of it. No. Uh, All right. It's it's the one where you're like, um, it takes place in ancient Mexico and you're a shaman. Oh my God. What is that game? I have followed it on or new. Twitter. It, it came out maybe two years ago. Uh, Mexican game shaman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not right. Google. I thought you were Mulaka. Gonna... It's Mulaka. Mm. Okay, okay. Gee, I I have been a big fan of that game for so long, and I've just never really gotten to talk about it that much. I know we've talked about it on the show before, before it came out. Uh, but yes, it's kind of like the Mulaka effect, where you play this game and you have no idea what's happening in cultural context, and it just makes you go, "I really got to, I got to read more, huh? I got to be smarter <laughs> about this stuff, huh? I got to like, learn." be a little smarter and I need to make a little bit more of an effort to branch out with the kinds of media that I consume. Mm. So that got me to read just a bunch of stories in English, obviously, um, a bunch of books and stories in English that take place in those different settings that are just outside of what you know, right? Because it, it just, it's more fun. It helps you expand your mind. And I think Raji does a really good job of doing that without having it be a bore right. because things can definitely become boring when it's a little bit too much learning, but that's, that's not the case with Raji because it is, you know, we're making it sound like it's all story. It's really not. It's a lot of action. It's a very yeah, action. Like game. the majority of the game is, is action and actually playing. So yeah. that's the, that's the perfect segue then to talk about the combat and everything, because that is the majority of what you're doing is battling demons. And, what did you think of all of it? Because I know I talked about it in the first impression saying like it gave me very strong God of War vibes because you do eventually unlock these four weapons that were given to you by the gods. And then those are what you use as your main tools to attack and attack the demons and everything. And and it was this is a mild spoiler for the game, but we will say this, the the four weapons are just the spear, the uh, bow, a sword and shield, and then a chakram. So uh 
what did you think of like how they mix all the different weapons? And then the majority of this combat is since it plays again, how like the cinematics played into Golu being a puppeteer, uh, Raji as a circus performer, acrobat, like she, it is all about movement. It is all about uh, moving her, using her dodge, timing your attacks to a certain tempo to be able to get either unleashed combos, special attacks, heavy attacks, things like that. So how did we, how did you feel about how all this flowed in the context of the game? I think I needed to spend more time practicing. Mm. Um, I will definitely say that I struggled with the combat uh, quite a bit, actually. The platforming, I really enjoyed. Um, I liked Raji's ability to climb up walls. I loved the wall running and wall wall jumping. I loved being able to, like, jump down um, tapestries and Mm -hmm. kind of, like, ride along them as you go down a a floor that you otherwise wouldn't be able to survive the fall. Uh, So the platforming aspects I really enjoyed. However, I, I think that I just wasn't getting it. I feel like the combat never really clicked for me, and it did honestly color um, my view of the game. Uh, you know, going away from Raji, I, I personally wouldn't say that it's high on my list of recommendations. Um, I think that it definitely has its perks. I think it's a well done, beautiful indie game. But just because of the combat, I kind of went away thinking. Ugh, that was really frustrating. I didn't necessarily love that. So mm-hmm. I loved the concept, but just I these hands, they couldn't make it happen. So, you know, it is a very acrobatic, acrobatic game, and the combat is meant to kind of flow in that same style. So you talked a lot about this in your first impressions, but the environment is very important to combat in Raji. Mm-hmm. So you've got your spear, your trishul, uh, and you've got your bow, and most of your weapons have a capacity to interact with the environment at large. So just like you said um, in your in your review, if you run up to a wall and like do a jump and try to like run up the wall, you can do like a sweet backflip and like oh, yeah. shoot arrows down from the sky as you're going over, or do a slam down with your spear, and those are meant to be very good attacks both in terms of they give you a little bit of room they give you some space to dodge and they also do damage and just allow you to keep on your feet that being said maybe this was just me maybe i just wasn't doing it right i felt so slow i felt so slow in comparison to the enemies around me uh especially what did you think about those Gosh dang, like monkey demons. Yes. Like the small ones. Oh my God. Those, swar- those could swarm you pretty easily. Those things sucked. And they were so fast. There were usually a lot of them because they didn't have a ton of health, but mm-hmm. they were incredibly quick and they could just gang up on you like nobody's business. So even if you, or at least in my case, even if I did a wall jump and did some sweet backflips and did a slam down attack, if that missed any of them because they were kind of spread out, then other ones would rapidly close that distance between being just out of my range and they would just come in for free hits basically and i just didn't really know how how to how to dodge how to because well, yeah there, there's not a there's not a dodge until yeah again a, 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 here's a little slightly spoiler thing but you don't really get a defense until you get the yeah. sword and shield when you can use exactly. the second ability of the sword and shield which is a like a, a a full body shield that blocks you for a couple of attacks. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, before you get that 
uh, you just have the bow and the trishul, and I struggled a lot. Uh, I actually died quite a bit. Um, <laughs> pretty much almost every fight, I would die at least once, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I just found it really frustrating. You know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily love the combat. I'll just. I'll just put it that way. No, I, because, it wasn't my favorite. I mean, and and that's fair because I mean, I I will say a lot of it with it being it does come down to the timing, the dodges with the attacks, and like being able to chain multiple attacks. And I, I did run into that a couple times too, where I did just get swarmed. I'm like, I can't do anything. But what I will say though, when I was able to get that flow and it did kind of click for me, and the combat was able to be more of a spontaneous thing, where I was like, okay, I understand what I'm going to get from doing this type of attack versus this type of attack. Here's how I can kind of match up my different weapons to get the best result because like I did, they didn't necessarily tell you, but they did, but I did find out through trial and error that like using the second ability of the bow where you would fire it straight up in the air and like you could choose where it's bolted land. That was really yeah. good against the demons that like blew uh, through the poison balls at you. Like the ones who would like lean back on uh, do like kind of lean yeah, back and yeah. expose their stomach. That was like the kind of attack that was good against those. So huh. I kind of like, I've learned those things. Again, it wasn't very clear in the context of the tutorials that you would go through. But I did finally, once I figured out those little keys and those little tricks, I was able to get a little bit more of a handle on it. But there were a couple times like during, like when you would do the tutorial for the bow, especially I remember, and tried to do like the multi-attack off of a leap. That took me a long time to get through because I couldn't quite figure out what they were wanting me to do. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I found that particular part that was kind of like a tutorial Mm because it's like you had just gotten the bow. You were supposed to still be learning how to use it. I legitimately sat there and I was like, am I going to have to Google this? I just I cannot figure out what they're asking me to do here. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just happened by accident that I did what it wanted. And then I was like, sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but this is actually kind of funny. It was pretty shortly after that section. I was dying a lot. Uh, so this is part of like the bow tutorial kind of where it's, you know, it's teaching you how to use it. And then you get into another area and it closes off and you're surrounded by enemies and you have to fight your way through them. Mm-hmm. You know, typical hordes and waves of demons kind of right. thing. So I was sitting there thinking, I've died about three times already. What if I try to go around them? which you're technically not supposed to be able to do. So what happens is, you know, you're walking into this wide open area and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a corridor and then it sort of opens up into a circle or a square. And the circle is the area that's going to close off as soon as you get within range because you're trapped in there with those demons until you defeat them. Right. So I was like, okay, I kind of know where the circle is going to start. So kind of going out of the corridor, I tried my very best to just sneak past where the uh, stalls were, where like some of the market stalls were. It technically worked Oh. because what happened is I triggered the circle, but I wound up trapped between the stalls and where the circle was like on level geometry. I was totally stuck. Mm-hmm. But then I did the, the jumping attack where I like ran up the side of one of the stalls to do a flip, but it didn't let me into the circle. So it glitched me back out to the side. So I had this hilarious thing where I was outside of the circle and the enemies were trapped in the circle. And I was like, oh, I, can oh, that's hilarious. I can just pick them off from here with the bow. Ah. So it was a very stupid cheating solution <laughs> and technically a glitch. But I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Just take it. You know, take the wins where <laughs> so you get them. Yeah, I took the, I'll take the win where I can get it. So I did exactly the, the shoot up attack, like where you just shoot an arrow straight up and then it lands on a bunch of enemies. And I was like, man, 
kind of wish I could do this for the whole game. <laughs> so that actually is something that this is very specific to the bow. Uh, you know that I'm a big fan of action stealth games. Right. I love stealth aspects. I love being able to be very stealthy and very quick and quiet and, you know, just an assassin. Raji's not really an assassin in personality, so I understand that that's not really her jam. But with the bow specifically, I found myself kind of wishing that there had been moments where it was a little bit more organic that you could come upon enemies that weren't aware of you yet mm. and you could kind of snipe them snipe them off with the bow. I just wish that that had been, you know, a potential mechanic to use because just I just like that. I yeah. just get a lot of enjoyment out of sniping off a couple of, you know, guards at the beginning and then going in for, you know, the big horde battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I get that because, yeah, level the playing field a little bit, especially, you know, weaken the enemies with the bow, go in with the spear or the sword and shield. I will say that once you got the sword and shield, uh, that pretty much became my dominant weapon, though. Like, yeah. I didn't really go back and feel a need to go back to the other ones because it provides you the protection with the shield for those couple hits, which is good when you're especially fighting like those monkey demons. Uh, its ultimate attacks were pretty good, especially using the like ultimate ability that you would charge up at shrines like that one was yeah. pretty pretty solid for that weapon so i didn't really see a need much to to switch around to it so then that though brings me to the the orbs the favor orbs that you can use to upgrade certain your abilities that are granted to you by the gods as well you find those throughout exploration of the map uh, and things like that and it pulls up a secondary screen and you can choose to allot the orbs to different abilities like there's uh, electricity ice and fire i believe are the three yeah. that you could choose to go to what did you think of that system i liked it because you could like take the orbs and you could throw them all into into electricity you could throw them all into to ice or you could throw them all into fire or you could s interchange them and spread them throughout and you can change them at any time i liked yes. that a lot so I loved that. That was okay. something that I thought was such a good idea. So it, the initial screen that when it like first brings it up and it's like, hey, here's where you allot all of your, uh, you know, ability orbs. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is straight out of Ori in the Blind Forest because it had like a triad kind of look to it. It was mm -hmm. like, well, here are your three options. And Ori has three different branching trees, but that's not how it was. And I was very pleased about that because Ori's system is fine, but you know, it's not amazing yeah. it's not anything to write home about it's just an ability tree i loved that raji gave you the ability to switch at will mm -hmm. i just thought like man what a great quality of life thing that all other games should be doing just let me pick they're my abilities so yeah, i love like, that you it, like, could oh, this reassign this them at any time yeah. yeah like when i because so i actually didn't immediately catch on when i was first doing it that if i assigned something i could undo it so i clicked on an ability by accident and then i was like no i didn't actually want that ability and then i realized that oh i can undo it at any time mm -hmm. that can't be right and then i kept like trying it and i was like wow they're really just gonna let me undo abilities and redo them at will it's just i can't really think of any other game that lets you so freely reassign your skills and abilities without and ch charging just, you for something else like without sometimes charging you for like Dragon Age, I know, for example, because I've been playing through that again lately, is you can buy these certain books, which will allow you to reset your skills and you can reassign your skill points. And But like, yeah, this one, you don't have to. You literally just go to the menu uh, and just reassign the orbs wherever you want them in the tree. Super simple yeah. and yeah, super fun. Super effective. I love that there. I love that there wasn't even a location. Like you didn't mm -hmm. have to go to a specific shrine or something to do this. It's just like Jared said. You just pull up the menu and yeah. you do it any time you want. 
So as far as the game giving you these different weapons and these different elemental abilities, I thought that the ability to then let you just pick and choose whenever you wanted to of how you were going to use them and when. And if you never wanted to use fire, sure, don't. Use only electricity and ice. Mm -hmm. Just want to use electricity? Sure, throw it all in there. Uh, I thought that that was a really nice design choice, and I, I wish more games would do it that way. I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. The only thing about it that I didn't wasn't my biggest fan of that of that system is that the the controls for choosing the slots and navigating between the which god abilities you were going to use and stuff like that was a little it was counterintuitive little clunky clunky. yeah but once I got the the feel of it I was like okay I get it move on like the first couple times it took me a bit to realize that how to change and like be able to even unassign the orbs and all that stuff I was just like I don't wait, am I using my directional keys? Am I using my my tabs? Like, wh- what's going on here? That was a little clunky, but once I got it, it was, it was fine. I had a similar bit of that same kind of initial clunkiness with the controls of some of the game's environmental puzzles. Mm-hmm. Just because, for example, you'd come across, like, one of the initial puzzle puzzles is putting back together, like, a holy tree mm-hmm. that has been defaced or deformed by uh, the demons that you have to make right. Mm-hmm. And you get to this this puzzle, and it, like, wants you to interact with it, and I'm like, but how? Yeah. Which, what, what? And it does tell you, like, it, it gives you the ability to pull up the, uh, the HUD, and then you can be like, oh, okay, the shoulder buttons are what rotates this thing. I select between the different levels with the D-pad. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't super intuitive. And I think it could have been, with just a few tweaks, a little bit easier to immediately understand without necessarily needing the HUD. It's, it kind of seemed like those areas and those controls, because it, it even came across this too in the Mandela puzzles that you'd have to solve, the light, where it would basically just be these rotating pieces and you try to complete the picture in the circle by by rotating these various rings of the circle. Those seem backwards to how, like when I would yeah. tab to, next, to the next circle, it would go the opposite direction of what in my head I thought it should go. Um, yeah. And so just a couple random things with that. But once you got the feel of them, they were easy enough to be able to figure out. Um, so... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, speaking of which, though, the parts of the game, because, you know, the combat wasn't that stellar for me, but the parts of the game that I did really enjoy were obviously the puzzles. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'm, I'm a big fan of puzzles. You know this. My stance is, more puzzles all the time. Throw them in there. Get them all in there. So I really liked the puzzles, even though there weren't that many of them. I mm-hmm. thought that they were still a really fun part of the game. I also really liked the exploration factor. Uh, and really my main two complaints about the game would be, well, three complaints we'll say, would be not long enough. <laughs> it needs it to was be a, a fairly short game. game. It's a fairly short game. Uh, I would have loved if it had been just a little bit longer. Uh, the combat wasn't that stellar for me personally. Obviously, I may have just sucked at it. That could just be me. But also that the exploration had been dialed up a little bit Mm. i would have really liked if you had had a little bit more environmental freedom with what you could explore Uh, for example there's all kinds of stuff that you could in theory jump on like there's just tables kind of out and about in marketplace areas for example and part of me is like let me jump upon them I wish to jump on them and then to jump to the other side. Yeah. And the game's like, no, you will jump at the designated areas. And that kind of annoyed me because I'm so, it's that Breath of the Wild effect. You're like, no, I should be able to jump at any time and climb anything as long as I have the mana to do it. Yep. So part of me just wanted more freedom with the exploration and just more of the exploration. Uh, if they had just made 
all of the environments a little bit bigger, made a bunch of random shoot-off areas where they could pack in more like dumb collectibles that you can just go seek and find. That's the kind of stuff that I personally get a lot of enjoyment out of, so I would have liked to have seen that. But, you know, it's an indie studio, really small. You work with what you've got, so who can really complain? Yeah, and maybe, you know, because I definitely feel like for what the game offered and for what it was trying to do, I thought it did very well. Um, yes. I think just I agree. Yeah, some small tweaks could have made it a little bit a little bit um but again, I think that was more due to like the size of the studio and development time and, and what they were looking to do for this being their game for their game and everything. Um, I had though. So I will go ahead real quick before I get to any of the story stuff that we want to talk about. It's very interesting, though, that you say the combat was not your favorite, but you did love the platforming. The platforming drove me nuts. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, in that. And that was really one of my biggest my biggest cons of the game is I thought every this game is built around the fluidity of your movement and the, the building up that momentum as well to be able to unleash more devastating things. The platforming is kind of pulled the game to a halt for me at times where, especially in areas in the later levels where you're traversing across vines and like sliding down vines going oh, from yeah. each of the other. And there was one segment near the end, especially where it was just jumping near uh, jumping across platforms, but they had the camera at a, odd angle that made that more difficult not necessarily and so it was like that's what made it difficult not necessarily that the game was difficult and so yeah. that so because like to jump from the vine to vine you had to do that thing where you get to the correct angle raji sticks out her arm showing that i can jump to this vine now but that area where she would do that seemed so precise that that at first, I would just be jumping off these vines all willy nilly because it wasn't locked to it. You could be behind the vine and you jump behind it. You know, it was it was those parts just kind of dr drug it down a little bit. And because I'm like, this is all supposed to be about me fluidly moving from one place to the other. How come now I'm being so sl slowed down by having to inch Raji along notch at a time on the thumbstick to get her to the correct angle where then she sticks out her arm. Like it, I felt like there could have been a little yeah. bit more wiggle room there to allow for that stuff. And then too, yeah, that platforming stuff. I'm like, again, I'm not here to necessarily, I know it's a platforming game, so that's to be expected jumping to different levels and different platforms. But I'm also like, again, it's, you made this difficult by having this camera at an odd angle where now I'm dying several times because it's not clear what angle I should be jumping at. Not that it's like I'm missing some technique or some skill of the game itself. And so that yeah. was a little frustrating to me. I, I definitely agree with what you've said. And I feel like part of that does have to do with the fixed camera, mm -hmm. because this being an isometric top down game, you, you really have no control over the camera at all, which in the cases of platforming, it would have been nice to been able to have just shifted the camera a little, mm -hmm. not a full 360 view. I didn't need that, but there were definitely a few times where you just, it was just kind of hard to gauge the depth mm -hmm. of like where you were trying to go and what angle did you actually need to be. Yep. Uh, and I missed a few jumps and just like straight died. Cause I was like, whoops, oh, I yeah, did same. not jump at the correct time. Uh, so yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, sometimes the fixed camera, did not help at all. Um, and other times it was actively a hindrance in a couple of cases, but not often. No, no, Most no. Most of the it, time it, I didn't struggle with the camera. I didn't either. I'm not saying it was every time there was a platforming thing. I had an issue with this. It was, it was just a few times. A few times and yeah. that it, that it kind of was an issue, which has been funny because in, in my first impressions, I was like, the camera's great and it never hinders me, <laughs> but I just hadn't gotten Classic hadn't gotten first far. impressions. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I just hadn't quite gotten far enough to, to uncover this aspect. Um, right. 
But unless you had any other parts of this, of the overall design or mechanics of the game to go over, I think I do want to jump into a little bit of story stuff now. Yeah, let's just talk about the story. I cool. think that that's, you know, really where the game shines. And so, and so for people listening, this is where story spoilers will begin. So if you don't want those, you know, skip ahead. I have the chapters and everything where you can see where you can skip ahead safely and avoid spoilers. So go ahead and do that if you, if you want to avoid them. But uh, do you want to, my biggest thing really about the story, and like we've talked about the story about going through the different places. I didn't really have a whole lot of notes on the story overall, more the ending. Well, so... What did you My mean? opinion on this is it's your game because we like because I picked Spirit Fair and you picked Raji, so I want to hear it from you. This okay. is your time to shine. So again, again, because the game is so short, it's like what what would you say? I I originally pitched it to you as maybe like eight hours, but I think it might even be less than that, like four yeah, to five. So- I, I really do think that it's more like four to five. Um, okay. I looked up like what what do other people think the game takes, and so one of the breakdowns that I found said that if you were just doing the straight storyline, it would take you approximately four and a half hours. Yeah. If you were doing a completionist run, it would be about five to six. I think that that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raji is a very short game, and aside from the his the, like the cultural and historical aspects of it i frankly did not give a single darn about saving my stupid little brother i'll just be frank i mean and that's <laughs> and that's that's what yeah. i think too like the game shines and i and i agree with that uh, the game shines because of its its mechanics the combat and the, and the platforming that's where i you know and i think it's in its educational aspects as well and you know its cultural significance is what it what it portrays of india um i think that's where the game shines the story is one that was it was just there like i appreciated that it was the avenue for me to get to learn so much about the the yeah. hindu gods and deities and all this this backstory that i did not know much about but the the story overall is a very cut and dry thing of your village was attacked by Mah- mahabalasura and his demon and his demonic forces golu was taken you have to go save them uh you encounter a few bosses along the way boss fights along the way that you once you clear like each area and then that eventually uh, comes down to when, yes, you do wind up eventually rescuing Golu from Mahalabalasura. And, but, so I agree with what you're saying too. It, the story outside of that point, there's not a whole lot to hit on. But what I did want to hit on in the last little bit that I wanted to talk about was the finale of the game and its ending. It left me confused and not honestly sure what I just did because so- it pretty much ends with, and this big spoiler. So last final warning here, it really ends. You fight Mahabalasura, which I thought was a very good fight. I thought that boss fight was fun because especially like he mirrors himself and does all this other things to make the fight kind of engaging. But I don't think we've ever mentioned it, but he's like a, he's an ox demon. He's like a bull or an ox. So I just think that that's fun. (laughs) You don't get to fight many ox demons. That's kind of (laughs) neat. And so he, you go through his fight and then you beat him and you're like, Hell yeah, I got it. I got him down. Did it. Did it. Won the game. Saved, saved my brother and saved my people. But then it's like, it basically says he's an illusionist. He's like a master of illusion and everything. And so it's basically like this whole time you've been fighting him, you weren't fighting him. And he was still able to sneak off and like recite this mantra to open up this gate that allows to into the Devas, like you were talking about, where and basically fulfill, succeeds in his plan. And then it says like, and then it says, while he's reciting his mantra, another voice joins, which was Golu. And then, so it's like he opens this, the he- the gate, 
And it basically says like, who knows what horrors will be unleashed. And then it just shows a cutscene of Golu and Raji finding themselves in a sandstorm. And I was, and I'm just yeah. like, wait, so did, did he win? And then it even says like, and Golu was the key. So it's like, so he won. Yeah. I didn't really get it either. And, uh, and I just didn't, I, I, I honestly like for all the, 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 the good things that we've talked about with this game like that, I was just like, what it, it's <laughs> it's over it, and he won and that's just it i mean and, and like vishnu and, and durga didn't even give a narration to like yeah, sum it up that's either actually, that's something that i thought was really weird because i noticed that absence too and i was just like they've been here the whole time yeah oh uh, where are they now to like give a little recap i i, I do feel i mean like they, the they're ending... the ones who say that like it, it's that he succeeded like he opened the gate who knows what's going to happen and like angolu was the key but like the, outside of that like there's no other it, explanation it felt abrupt yes. it just felt super abrupt and it's like our is that is the, did, part of me felt like did i somehow get the bad ending yeah but like there was no sign that there again, like yeah. there was no sign that there was a, a different path because I did everything right up until that point. You know what I mean? So I was very and then just the credits roll and it's Raji and, and Golu on a camel in the desert and, I, and they look happy. I'm like, so they wait. look fine. <laughs> so, so I was just very confused by the ending. I was just like, I is what yeah. I, I, <laughs> am I supposed I honestly, to be happy? Am I supposed to be disappointed? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly didn't really get it either. Uh, I kind of had the same kind of whiplash reaction of like, what, mm -hmm. what just happened here? I'm yeah. a little slightly confused. <laughs> and I even did like, I was Google searching to see if like, I just missed an important, an important key that I missed somewhere. And no, everybody, all the other articles or any resources that I could find out were basically saying the same thing. Yeah. It just ends. And I, I was just like, okay, so while I got a lot out of the combat and I got a lot out of, you know, how fun that was unleashing these devastating combos and attacks onto the demons and everything, just again, and even though I said like the story isn't that big, like in the grand scheme of things where I think the game shines, still getting to the end and not having a rewarding payoff kind of fell flat to me. Yeah, it, it was just a little... I really don't have a better word for it than abrupt. Yeah. It just felt really sudden. Mm -hmm. And that really just ties back to my whole thing of, I kind of felt like the game should have been a little longer. Mm -hmm. It just kind of felt like there, there was supposed like, to be more. I feel like a cutscene more would have been like, yeah. not even a level, just a cutscene more with a little bit more narration from Durga and Vishnu telling us what's going on. I feel like yeah. that would have done that done leaps and bounds, but instead it just kind of, I was just kind of like, Hmm. Okay. So that was a game uh, I, I also, played. You yeah, know? <laughs> so that was a game I played. Uh, so there definitely were detractors about it. You know, we don't want to sugarcoat it and say that it was the best indie game ever because, you know, it, it, it has not. its problems. It has <laughs> it its problems. Has its problems. Yeah. But so do most games. Mm -hmm. Like most games. They can't all be Hollow Knights. No. They can't all be perfection gems, diamonds in the rough. Uh, so I do feel like this game could have used a couple of tweaks, a little bit of changing. But really the main highlights for me were the 
beautiful environments. Mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm. think it's a gorgeous game. The soundtrack is really good, really helps set the scene. And honestly, the vo I was trying to like look them up and see if I could actually find them, but unfortunately I wasn't really able to. The voice actors, especially for Durga and Vishnu, his voice is so fun. It is he, good. Like he's my, he's my favorite God now. Cause I'm like, he's so, such a great voice. I think it's really fun and silly. Keep telling, he's keep telling me your stories, Vishnu. Right, Please. tell me more about your stories because the the what 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 what's it called? The dynamic. I was mm -hmm. gonna say dichotomy, but I knew that wasn't right. The dynamic between Durga and Vishnu is that Durga is very like pro Raji. Mm -hmm. She's the one that's like, I picked her, she's gonna do great. You're just gonna have to trust me there, buddy boy. And yep. Vishnu's like this is a random circus girl you found out in the middle of nowhere and you think she's going to save us from the demons. So he kind of plays that he's not a negative Ned at all, but he does play that opposing voice of being like, you kind of need more than just slick acrobatics to mm -hmm. take down gods. And I just thought that their entire dynamic was really engaging. I got a lot of joy just out of, I could have, I could have played a whole, I, I could have had this as a movie. Is yeah. really what it boils down to. Is I loved the cutscene designs. I loved the murals. They could have taken all of that and just kind of smashed it into a weird movie, and I would have been like ten out of ten, perfect movie. <laughs> I the, the, it boils down to just I didn't really need to play it. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to experience it. Is, gotcha. is kind of yeah, my yeah, yeah. feel on it. I got you. And that's I agree with you on the same things. Like I think the things that where it really shined were again, and it's were everything that you just said um again i got a little bit more out of the combat than you but i think but it was still and i think that and that made it a whole lot of fun to play but again there's not really anything now for me to go back to re-experience i could go back and see if i could find more orbs because i'm sure i missed a few things a few of the orbs and things like that but again with that with the ending of it just kind of being so abrupt i'm just kind of like oh, okay that was a fun that was a fun experience for me to play this one time uh and and stuff like that. But do I regret playing it? No, I, because I do think that for the, for the educational, the culture, the lore and everything that I got out of it was a big plus of this game. And plus the combat was a lot of fun once I did really get into the groove of it all. And I really, I really had a good time with that. I just don't necessarily see it as one that I'll come back to. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think you're right. There's just not that much to come back to. Uh, I mean, that maybe they're setting it up for a sequel. Like, hey, here's a taste. So. Here's a taste of what, you know, with this first game, here's what we can do. If, if this attracts you more. Sure. You know, like come here's expect our second game, Raji 2. I'll be interested when that comes around. But at the same time, too, I was just like, but then also I like I don't know if I want to, you know, sign on for another thing just to have this an abrupt, confusing end. Yeah, but, but also it's not a full price game by any means. No, it is. It's an affordable game. It's mm -hmm. a shorter experience. So mm -hmm. I feel like for what you're getting, yeah, it's probably worth it. Uh, I mean, if you're really interested in that setting and you really kind of want to learn more about something that you're not super familiar with, at least in our case, go for it. Wait oh, yeah. for it to go on sale, maybe on Steam and then snatch it up. Why not? Yep. I've, I've played much worse games. <laughs> <laughs> and for a lot more money. For a lot more money and for a lot more time. Yeah. Uh, think about how much time we had to pump into Life is Strange too. A game I arguably <laughs> liked less. <laughs> more time, more uh, money, not that much more out of it. So, you know, uh, it, it is what it is. And I oh, feel yeah. like you can you can get as much as you want to put into it out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely so.
Well, I mean, that pretty much wraps up our review of Raji, an ancient epic. Have you played the game on Switch? Are you looking forward to playing it on either the PS4, Xbox One, or PC? Let us know, and let us know what your thoughts of the game were as well. What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. Comment below on either any of the places that you're listening and or watching. But until next time, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Peace out. We'll see you all next week for another great, exciting gaming topic. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.